You're listening to Build, Launch, Scale. The podcast for people focused on using technology to bring products to life. Each week, we'll dive into a specific topic within product management and hear from some of the best product people around. The goal? To help you find some inspiration, learn a few new tricks, and ultimately, build, launch, and scale better products. Build, Launch, Scale is a production of Product Collective, a community for product people and the organizers of Industry the Product Conference, where product people from all over the world gather every fall. For Product Collective, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Build, Launch, Scale. When you ask many product people about their favorite SaaS product companies, Intercom is usually at the top of the list. And it shouldn't be much of a surprise. After all, it's a company of product people making products for product people. Their products provide solutions for live chat, customer onboarding, retention, and they're used by all sorts of companies. Big companies like Yahoo, startups like Product Hunt, even growth stage companies like Shopify. Even by our company, Product Collective. But oftentimes, when you dig in with people on why they like Intercom as a company so much, it's not really just their products. Sure, those tend to serve a purpose, but it's the knowledge about product management that Intercom brings which really earns them the street cred. Their newsletter, Inside Intercom, is great, and their podcast with the same name, it's a favorite listen by many, including one of my favorites. And then there's the people at Intercom. You may have a favorite, someone you follow on Twitter or Medium. For this episode of Build, Launch, Scale, we have a chance to chat with one of them in Matt Hodges, the first team member at Intercom dedicated to growth and its current director of marketing. While most product people are so focused on the product and the audience they're solving a problem for, we had a chat with Matt to focus on another important element of product, product marketing. Here's Matt with a little bit more about his history, both at Intercom and within growth in general. I've been with Intercom for a little over three years now. Uh, I joined as their first official marketer. I joined when we were about 50 people. Intercom's now 300 plus employees across San Francisco, Dublin, and Chicago. Um, we've grown from one to 50 million in annual recurring revenue during that time. And uh, I'd like to think that our investment in marketing is a you know primary contributor to that growth. Um, and I focus on uh, our product marketing and education um, aspects of the, the wider marketing team, which are teams of seven people and five people, respectively. Prior to Intercom, I worked for a company called Atlassian, who you might be familiar with. They make products like Jira, Confluence, and HipChat. And I worked for them for about six years in a uh, product marketing role as well before joining Intercom. So Matt got his feet wet within product marketing at Atlassian, which is another major company with products serving product people. But with Matt being the first growth-oriented team member at Intercom, what did things look like when Matt first joined? I asked Matt a bit about what Intercom looked like at the time of his arrival. So I joined, again, when we were about 50 employees. Um, most of those employees were on uh, or focused on the R&D side of the business, uh, which uh, is still very much how we operate today. Most of our investment in the business goes back into our product and is one of the big reasons that I joined in the first place. So I came in as our first official marketer. When I joined, though, 
there were a bunch of different people across the company that I'd like to say were all wearing their own little marketing hats. If you think about it, you know, we already had a blog, a very successful one in Inside Intercom that had an owner when I joined and was being contributed to from people all over the company. There was the product management team or the product team that were already shipping and a new product and making their own product announcements, another core aspect of, of marketing and specifically product marketing. And then Owen, our CEO, I like to say wearing the biggest marketing hat of all, uh, he was working with the designer and an engineer to build out the marketing site. So there were a bunch of different uh, people in the company all uh, performing uh, functions that you would typically roll up under the umbrella of marketing, but it wasn't acknowledged in that way. So I came in as our first marketing hire, but marketing was you know very much alive and well when I joined. But I came in specifically to build out the product marketing kind of muscle of, of marketing at Intercom. If you're at the early growth stages of a software company, say at a few dozen employees, but you're in a position to potentially start scaling up, maybe eyeing to double your team over the course of the next couple of years, then there's really some interesting observations you can make about what Intercom was like when Matt joined the team. Before they ever had anybody on a team dedicated to growth, they had a couple dozen employees focused on product and engineering. They actually started a blog that grew with a massive popularity before they ever really had anybody in content marketing. So Matt may have been the first growth hire, but certainly growth was on Intercom's mind. But not just growth, growth in the context of actually solving their customers' problems. At Intercom, this was done under the jobs-to-be-done framework. Matt talks about how jobs-to-be-done actually set the stage for product marketing when he arrived. When I joined product team approaches everything that they do from a first first principles basis. So everything new that we build starts with understanding, well, what are the jobs that people would be hiring this thing for? And so when I came in, you know, I kind of had the challenge of trying to understand how I could apply that same thinking to our approach to taking Intercom to market. And if you think about Conventional marketing techniques, they teach you to think about customers based on their attributes or personas. And if you do that, and if you were to apply that same thinking to how you build product, what you end up doing is building a product that's too focused on what you want to sell rather than what your customers actually need, um, which is that job that they need to get done. So if you apply that same thinking to how you take a product or a set of products to market, it's really important to first understand what that that kind of like higher level job is that people are hiring a product for. And then from there, you can kind of like peel back the different layers of the onion and figure out, well, who are the different personas or the different types of people or teams that are looking to hire a product for that job. And then you can adapt and tailor your marketing message accordingly and your tactics accordingly for those different personas. But I think starting with the job just to begin with is is the first step and then applying the you know persona or, or attributes based approach from there is is a second step in the process so to speak about a, a a lesson that we've learned i mentioned that when i first joined intercom was sold as a single product you know at a typical SaaS business model you could choose intercom for free or you could choose one of our three paid plans each plan being a little bit more expensive and including additional functionality and that was back at a time where we really didn't have a great sense for what the different types of jobs that people were hiring intercom for so Within my first six months, I worked closely with Sean Townsend, who's our director of product research, Paul Adams, our VP of product, Owen and Des, two of our co-founders, 
And, um, you know, we conducted this research project with a, a group based out of Detroit called the Rewide Group. And um, in that research, we, we were looking to understand, well, what are those jobs that people are hiring Intercom for in the first place? And once we conducted that study, you know, kind of validated a bunch of assumptions that we had. And from there, we'd been on this journey over the last two and a half years of taking this individual product that was Intercom and kind of unbundling it, so to speak, and then packaging it for these, these jobs that we'd identified people were hiring Intercom for. People at the time were very much using Intercom to get feedback from their customers when they were building or um, had just released new product. They were using Intercom uh, for onboarding people once they'd signed up and they'd convince people to try their product. They used Intercom to effectively onboard them and help them see the value in that product. They were using it to support their customers as well. So we'd identified all these jobs and then we've over the years, we've kind of repackaged Intercom. So we have individual products that were tailored or designed for each of those jobs. So while many people think about jobs to be done as a framework that's used in creating and tailoring their product, Matt and his team actually developed their entire product marketing strategy based on these jobs. But they also made a few mistakes in doing so. Here's Matt on how he and his team learned some hard lessons when going through this process. We actually, I think, took jobs to be done one step too far from a product and a positioning point of view. If you look at our uh, set of products um, six months ago, uh, we had three products, Acquire, Engage, and Resolve. And each of these products were designed for a job that we'd identified people were hiring Intercom for. And Acquire was our newest product. Before we'd released Acquire, we'd identified that people used Intercom to have live conversations with people inside their product. And this was either the product team who were looking to get product feedback, or it was the support team helping people with problems that they were having and using that product. Um, and you could use Resolve to have those live conversations and solve people's problems on the fly. I mean, in you know, applying the jobs to be done approach, we'd identified this other job that you could use that same functionality for, um, which was which ended up being this new product that we created called Acquire. And the job there was not about helping people inside your product, but it was about helping people that were not yet customers on your marketing site. People visit your website, and a lot of those visitors are prospective customers, and you want to be able to help them in the moment and help them take the next step and convince them or help them you know, get to the point where they're willing to start a trial and become a customer of yours or a prospective customer. So we'd identified this new job based on the job speed on approach that's performed typically by a different team within the organization. So we created a product for it called Acquire. And I mentioned that it uses a lot of the same functionality that people doing the support job inside the product used as well. And because we applied this pure jobs to be done approach to how we package and position our products, we ended up in a world where we had these two products that shared a whole bunch of the same set of core functionality. Um, while the positioning and messaging was very clear that you used Acquire to do this thing and you used Resolve to do this other job, um, the overlap in uh, functionality was a huge confusion point for people when they were trying to understand what products they actually needed to buy. And it was one of the top things that our sales and support team spent their time explaining to people was the differences between our Acquire product and our Resolve product. So I think that's a lesson learned where we've you know, taken the jobs to be done approach one step too far as it relates to how we packaged and positioned our products. So if you look at where we are today, we you know, made a really tough decision to take, take Acquire, which is a very fast growing product um, and doing very, very well from a revenue perspective. 
we decided to take Acquire and, and its functionality and fold that into our platform and our existing products to simplify things. So this, the job is still there, but now it's very much um, a marketing challenge to take the very clear set of products that we have now, which now have mutually exclusive feature sets so that confusion no longer exists. It's my team's job in product marketing to take those products and position them in a way that makes sense for those respective jobs and the, uh, and the people hiring Intercom for those jobs. Matt and his product team clearly have gone through a lot, and they'll continue to have work ahead of them as Intercom refines their product set. But what else is involved with growth and marketing? As product people, we're often removed from this aspect, but being that Intercom is a company where marketing and product are often intertwined, I asked Matt to talk a little bit about marketing overall at Intercom. Who's involved, what's involved, and how it all intersects. Marketing is not a single team. It's, it's actually an umbrella term for a, a bunch of teams that each have a differentiated set of core skills that are all united around this shared idea of creating, capturing, and converting demand. So um, at Intercom, we do have a marketing team, but in reality, it's, a, it's seven different teams that all roll up under the term marketing. And that those teams are communications, events, content, demand generation, product marketing, product education, and brand design. So that's seven different teams that collectively make up the marketing team at Intercom. And there are now 36 people in total across those teams. Um, so I think it's first important to understand that, like marketing is not a single team. It's actually a collection of teams that each are focused on creating, capturing, and converting demand. And so I think a really simplistic way to think about the role of marketing is you have teams that are responsible for reaching people that could be prospective customers in the future. Um, and you know that involves uh, work from teams like communications and uh, helping us uh, be covered in publications that people who could hire Intercom's products in the future, getting covered in those publications on the topics of interest to those people um, so that they're aware of Intercom and they have an association with the Intercom brand such that at a point in the future when they're looking for a live chat product or they're looking for a customer onboarding tool. So, you know, reach is one aspect. And then the next step is uh, attract. You also need to be creating content uh, that is going to draw people into kind of like your ecosystem and be introduced to your company and your brand and your products. Um, and for us, you know, that's a lot of the work of the content team. Um, it's the whole strategy behind our blog, our books, and our podcast. We create all these pieces of content that uh, typically have nothing to do with our products, but instead are focused on the topics of interest that someone who could hire our engaged product or could want to use our respond product for customer support. All our pieces of content are around the topics of interest to those people. So that's why we have books on, on customer support and we have books on onboarding and we have a book on product management because we believe those people could get value from using an Intercom product when the need arises in the future for them. You know, the next step from there is convince. Uh, if you've reached and attract, attracted the right people, um, you need to convince them that your prop, your product or your set of products can solve the problems that they're looking for a solution for, solution to rather. Um, and that's really where product marketing comes in. Uh, and so the role of product marketing is telling compelling stories to, that resonate with people and help them understand uh, how your product can solve their problems. The next step from there is education. If you convince someone to try a product, you want to make sure that they are using it effectively such that they see the maximum value in it 
and continue to pay you month on month on month. So we have a whole team called product education that's devoted to that. And then the last step is, uh, and this is actually a continuous cycle if you do this right, is delight. And this is about making sure that you turn those people that are users of your products into promoters of your brand. And there are many different teams that contribute to this stage, um, whether it be the events team and hosting events like Inside Intercom. We're doing a London show tonight with uh, 900 people coming. Uh, And that is all about going out to cities around the world where we have really strong active user bases, um, inviting them to these events where we can meet them and kind of like put a face to our names and also share with them the lessons that we've learned in building this unconventional product company over the last six years. Um, and we believe doing things like that um, will turn people who are users of Intercom's products into advocates of our product and promoters of our brand in the future. Um, and of course, product is a big contributor here. We want to continue to delight our customers by solving their problems in new and better ways. So uh, new things that we build and then communicating those new things to we build we build to our customers is all part of that as well. Um, and so if you do that effectively and you delight your customers, you're going to reach more customers in the future as a result, which is where word of mouth kicks in. But what about your product marketing team? What are the ways you can structure product marketing within your organization to best support product, especially when you start to scale? Matt opens up and shares advice on how organizations can best incorporate product marketing into their organization. A couple things in particular. Product marketing is really the partner in marketing to the product team. The first piece of advice I would give is, where possible, align the org structure of your product marketing team with your product management team. And doing that will mean that you can create dedicated partners in product marketing to your product managers. For us, one way in which we've achieved that is if you look at the structure of our product team today as it relates to our paid products. We have product managers that are focused on each of our paid products. And some of those roll up, some of those product managers roll up into a group product manager who's responsible for a set of products. So Brian Donahue is our group product manager for our support products being respond and educate. And then Mark Ryan is a product manager, is our product manager for our educate product. And Michelle Fitzpatrick is our product manager for our respond product. So I've mirrored that same structure on my product marketing team so that Brian has a direct partner. So there's a group product marketing manager for our support products. That's Greg Davis. And then we have individual product marketing managers for those individual paid products that uh, partner directly with Mark and Michelle. And the second piece of advice is incorporate marketing into the way in which you build product. So marketing should be involved from the very, very early stages of everything that you build. And, and when I say marketing, I'm specifically referring to product marketing at this point. So for us, one of the lessons we've learned over the years is that um, we've faced friction in the product and marketing team, product marketing and product team working together when we haven't been aligned on the story that we wanted to tell when we were going to take something to market. So now, as of the last six months at least, uh, we've you know defined a new process with regards to how we build, and that incorporates where marketing is evolved at each step. Anything that takes the product team longer than a week to build starts with an intermission being written, an intermission uh, being our name for an internal project brief. The purpose of that intermission is to clearly define the problem that we're trying to solve and you know get that problem statement nailed down. And once that's been defined and agreed upon, it's then the product marketer's job to write what we call the interstory, 
which is based on us solving this particular problem for these set of jobs that people have. What is the story that we would like to tell uh, once we've built this and we're going to take it to market? And uh, so product marketing writes that at the very beginning of the process, once the problem's been defined, the product management team or a contribute of uh, the product managers a contributor to that and needs to be bought into it. And we need to be aligned on that story from the start. And that kind of then acts as our, as our set of like guide, uh, guardrails rather as we scope and start to build a solution based on the problem that we've set out to solve. Starting with that story and getting aligned on that story, I think is really, really important because if you don't have a great story to tell, uh, once you do take something to market, it's going to be much harder for you to, you know, get people to pay attention to it and, and resonate with what it is that you've actually built. So aligning product marketing teams with product management teams, incorporating marketing into the way that you actually build product. This seems like sound advice, maybe even some common sense advice, but at least in my experience, I know that this isn't something that actually happens all of the time. I asked Matt to talk about the other end of the spectrum, the mistakes that he often sees teams make when it comes to product marketing. Matt honed in specifically on product announcements as it's an important part of product marketing and apparently he's seen some of the same mistakes made time and time again. And there's a few common mistakes that companies make when it comes specifically to how they approach making product announcements. First is that you shout about everything that you ship. You treat everything equally and everything you ship you see as an opportunity to make a bunch of noise and tell people what you've shipped. The reality is that not everything you ship should be treated equally and some things deserve more attention than others. So that'd be number one. Number two is more about setting expectations internally within the product team. Just because something took a lot of time to build or was a really hard problem to solve doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to care about it. So it's it's important, again, to understand, you know, based on what you're building, what, what problem is that solving for your customers and how important is it to them? The last one, and, and this is the most kind of common, especially once you add marketing to the mix, is over-promising and under-delivering building up a bunch of hype about something that you've built and overselling it to the point where people have these pent-up expectations that your product simply can't live up to. This very much like, uh, well, the first mistake I mentioned where people shout about everything leads to a situation where you, you know, your customers are constantly underwhelmed by the things that you ship because marketing has oversold it and eventually they lose trust in you. And again, they stop paying attention to you because they don't trust that what you're saying is actually what you're going to be able to deliver on. Matt has plenty more to share on the topic of product marketing. He's a frequent contributor to Inside Intercom, which is Intercom's now famous blog, newsletter, and podcast. He also tweets pretty frequently. So if there's a topic mentioned here that you'd like to dig in on a little bit more, or if there was something that I didn't ask Matt, feel free to reach out to him. You'll find him on Twitter at at Matt N. Hodges. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's conversation. And if you did, it would be awesome if you could head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from and give it a five-star rating. That kind of thing helps us a ton. It'd also be great if you could just let your friends know about the podcast since it is relatively new. For Product Collective, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Build, Launch, Scale.